Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Here, it's the RGM Experience Podcast with me, Carl Maloney. It's another week of live music here at Planet RGM. What a show we have for you today. It's a special one. Really enjoyed recording and every part of this podcast I've really enjoyed, so kick back. Today, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on the show is Dermo. Yeah, what a character. What a history of music, you know, from the 90s. In a band called Northside. Uh, part of Manchester history, this band. And I'm really pleased to be, um, you know, part of his future plans, because he's got a lot going on. Touring with Ian Brown, no doubt, coming up soon. We talk about it all. It's all coming up, ladies and gentlemen. All about his, his early experiences in music. The band, getting together, signing to Factory. Tony Wilson stories. And it's a plum on the front of the album, not an apple. Found that out instantly. <laughs> Yeah, got, got on well with him. Um, good lad. Sound. Sound lad. So, ladies and gentlemen, Dermo's coming up later on in the podcast. Stay tuned. I know he's got a, a bit of a legion of fans as well, this this lad. So, if you're a new guy, if you're new to this podcast and you're, you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Stick around. Grab a beer. If you're an existing uh, podcast subscriber, welcome. Red carpet treatment for you all. Whichever way you're joining us today, welcome to another show with me, Carl Maloney, the host of the podcast. How are you doing, are Yeah, it's been a, a week and a half here at RGM. Loads of things coming up later this week. We've got loads of stuff coming up on the magazine this week again. Loads of new singles, releases from bands all over the world, interviews all over the website, features, and of course, more festival news. RGM are covering, or have covered, Victorious Festival down in Portsmouth Way, Leeds Fest. Uh, so we've got loads of content coming your way on the magazine this week. So keep your eyes peeled to rgm.press. So, ladies and gentlemen, how's your week been? Having a good time? Earned a few quid? Had a good bank holiday weekend? 
Welcome to Is a Bank Holiday Monday that we're releasing the podcast. So, nursing a hangover, no doubt, some of you. Uh, never drinking again. Yeah, I had a nice weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, let's crack on with the podcast. Dermo, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> 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 so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new podcast this week. Another another new week of music. We're joining you here on Monday. And we've got a bit of a legend of the Manchester music scene on his hands here today. We've got Dermo. Hi, mate. How are you doing, pal? I'm fine, thanks, Carl. Are you all right, mate? Yeah, fine. Thanks for sticking with us for a few uh, technical issues earlier. It's always a joy on Zoom, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're here now, though. We've got it sorted, haven't we? Yeah. Cheers, mate. Well, it, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, you know, growing up. Um, you know, as a night is indicated myself, knowing all about the band and that kind of stuff, and you know, Northside having that iconic Apple picture with the logo on it. It's a plum, by the way. Is it a plum? Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, it's true. A lot of people. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, it is a plum. Loads of people. Everyone thinks it's an apple, don't they? But yeah. it's actually a plum. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm learning stuff already. I'm, learning I'm not saying that to have a go at you. I'm saying that. Yeah. No. People don't. You know, everyone thinks it's an apple, and it yeah. makes me laugh that it's a plum. Oh, okay. Okay, we'll come to that. It's, it's iconic, though, isn't it? You know, oh, it, yeah, yeah, it, when yeah, when people see that, um, yeah. uh, and they they just think, oh, Northside, oh God, yeah, hate yeah. band. Yeah, I'd 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 put it up there with like a Warhol, you know, something like yeah. that, or Primal Scream or something. It's instant, isn't it? Straight yeah, away, yeah. Central Station design, Matt and Pat and Karen, they've done a belting job with it, and like you say, it's it's recognisable straight away. It's brilliant, it's particularly for people of a certain age like myself. You know that 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 grew up listening to music at that time before the internet and when 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 music was real tangible you know yeah. physical things that you used to have yeah. uh, in and around your house posters and that kind of stuff it's just I've a, still got posters around in and around my house well i just wanted to i wanted to go back a little bit you know go back what was it like for you growing up in manchester yourself mate um, i just grew up on a council estate in north oh. manchester Blakely. um Went to a normal comprehensive school, juniors, uh, went to North Mank. Um, just a normal upbringing, I suppose, you know, yeah. council estate, normal family, working class family. Yeah. So when did you first start realising that there's this, this something inside me that wants to be creative and uh, get into music? I think I've always felt like that, to be honest with you, yeah. especially music. It's like, um, I don't know, I just always felt like music for some reason um i feel like it's always been with me it's always been in my life it's just um especially i don't know i can't explain it really just always been there yeah yeah so were you past like tapes and stuff from kids at school you know these new tunes coming out when you were growing up how did you like yeah punk was a big getting to it was it yeah when Mm. punk and like joy division where we lived it was everyone was into like factory records you know growing up as kids joy division chameleons new order fans from round our way, really, I suppose. Mm. Um, and then punk as well. I was um, into the Pistols, the Clash. SLF, my favourite band, Stiff Little Fingers. I used to love them. And um, used to hear a lot of music in White Moss Youth Club. It's a, a little youth club where I grew up in White Moss, which is in Blakely. It's an estate in Blakely. And uh, used to, you know, the older kids, who was a few years older, mm. they used to put on, you know, all sorts. And I just liked, I liked yeah, the energy of it and the, Something about it, you know what I mean? It just really connected with and the messages and the stuff. And I like the imagery as well, mm. you, know, the, you know, the artwork and stuff and the clobber as well. But at the same time, I was also, like I say, into like New Order and different other bands. And then we'd be wearing like 
Lacoste t-shirts and Adidas trainers. So it's like a massive combination of all sorts of influences at the time. And it always seemed that was just natural for us, just where we grew up and what we was into. Is this like before the baggy Manchester scene or was that just Oh yeah, the start this is well it? before that. Yeah. This is like start of the eighties. Mm. Right at the end of the seventies with the punk stuff. And then, uh, yeah, throughout the early eighties, we used to go to places like, uh, the, you know, before the Thunderdome and all that was all the acid house stuff as well. When mm. that kicked in, this was all before the band started. We used to go there regular twice a week, you know, was into all that. It's just it was like punk to me in a way, but without guitars, it had yeah. ease. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, ease, 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 a massive part of it. Of course, they are. yeah. But, I mean, sound wise, I was into like all the, the freaky keyboard sounds and all that. It's, yeah. it's drug music in it. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but it was also to us. It was like a natural. You know, it's just what we did. To be honest, everyone around us was the same. And um, I suppose it's different if you're from out, outside of this you know, and looking in. But mm. to us, it was just how we lived and what we did. Well, I was outside looking in from Sheffield. And my yeah. uh, so a lot of my friends were a little bit older than me and they were more, and they were allowed to go out to these acid house parties where I was just a little bit too young just to be allowed to, you know, yeah. go, go there and, you know, go and express yeah. yourself through that kind of stuff. And I can remember listening to acid house music and just like, it, 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 I knew straight away that wasn't for me. That wasn't the music path that, that I were going to go around. It just wasn't, it just didn't connect with me, that kind of music. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was passed a tape by the Wonder Stuff, believe it or not. And I, I loved the Wonder Stuff, the first album. Yeah, man. Brilliant. Uh, it, it was, Eight Leg Groove Machine, a tape We was into that at the same time as well. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. It was mass- yeah. We used to see them a lot at the Ritz mm. and the wedding present as well. Yeah, yeah. So you had all that in, you know, that scene as well. Yeah. Uh, sorry for jumping in there, but it's just that you yeah. reminded me of the Wonder Stuff. And yeah. we used to, there was a big band that we was into at the time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. It, 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 you know, I'm just reminiscing on the times, really. And then, because I, I, I knew Acid House wasn't for me, even though my mate were mad on it um, and just like blinkered with it, really. I was just like, yeah, it's yeah. all right. You know, I can I can see the oh. point. I can see the point of it. But then, but then the, uh, the more indie vibes started to grab me, the Wonder Stuff wedding present, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it was went, the fact that it was illegal as well, though, mm, the warehouse parties yeah. and stuff like that. You know, the danger and the excitement that goes used to find out where... you're a young kid... When you're going to find out, yeah. that, you find out earlier yeah, that morning. Yeah, you find out the night and all that. Yeah, yeah. like a big convoy and everything. It was just like, <laughs> it was, you know, all that. So it, to me, it was pure excitement and everything. Yeah. I loved it. You know what I mean? It was, it was like, you know, it's unexplainable and it you have to be, you know, it's of its time and all that. Yeah, but, you, you can you can go out on a weekend and, you know, go and enjoy yourself and have an adventure, can't you? But but yeah. you can't really have an adventure like, like those days really now. No, no. No, we used to do it four to five times a week, didn't you? Now it was in bed for three days. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but yeah, it was, yeah. But musically, all that, all that, it all seems to be, it was like all the melting pot at the time, you yeah. know, and I think that I like to think it comes through. And I, I mean, Talking Heads was another massive band for us. Yeah. Talking, you know, like the rhythm section. Mm. I mean, I think you can hear a lot of that in our music, you know, mm. like fast, upbeat bass lines and hi hats and snare, you know what I mean? Talking Heads did a lot of that, and that all came into it. Hip hop as well, like yeah, rock, mm. bass, and DJ. You know, all sorts of stuff. It was what a time. I, liked, I like lyrics. You see, I was into. Yeah. Um, I've always wrote words, and I've always like um, wordplay. I'm into wordplay. Yeah. You know, mess. You no, know, I can backwards. I can write words backwards in my head, and I'll straight away give me a word, and I'll do, you know one of them. It's like I don't know. Just always been into lyrics, especially things that are not too. I like discovering. Things in within things, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Were, you, like, were, were, you, fit, when, were you great at English at school then? 
Although that was one of the things, yeah, yeah, I suppose it was English language. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like, I like, I just, yeah, I was. It's hard to explain, isn't it? When, it when, is when, when, when something, when something grabs you like music or, you know, you, 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 you don't really know your talent at summit until you're a bit older, I suppose. So you, well, you, you know, you, you know, you, you, you know, you enjoy it, but you don't know why yet when you're at that age. Well, I don't like to know why, if that makes any yeah. sense. I've said this before. Mm. I think as soon as you know the answer to things, well, it's over, isn't it? Yeah. Where do you go from there? Yeah. I, I like not knowing and always discovering things within people. I like I'm a people watcher and observer. Mm. I'm into, you know, I, I find it fascinating. I find pretty much everything fascinating. It's like, <laughs> It does. It's like you know, especially music as well. It's like there's always yeah. something. Like yesterday, we was working on a tune, mm. um, and it's it's the an hour before you're actually sat in that room, you've got this idea, yeah. and then the next minute, it starts creating itself. You're going from an idea. It's like an hour later, you go, where's that come from? You know, it's like. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in bands yeah. for years, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I so, used, I know, used to I used to do the music side of things because I because I, I, I absolute shit at words. Just you know, just just yeah. cut, it just ended up cheesy love shit when I tried to write a song, and it was just poor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I, I was decent at writing a melody on a guitar. Yeah, well, so, that's so what I'm into. I like, like arrangements and putting mm. it together, and you know, I, I can't play an instrument myself really. Yeah. Although I've done a bit of keyboard on these tunes, mm. but, um, it's just like I can. I can hear what it should sound like and I can hear melodies. So I'll sing it, the parts mm. to people, you know, and can you play that, this, that, and the other, you know, that's, yeah. So, so, so like, you know, a similar kind of upbringing, I suppose, with like music and being past tapes and finding, uh, yeah. finding out what all these different genres are and just. Yeah, John Peel show about, and stuff like John, Yeah. John yeah. Peel show, just dump, jumping yeah. into all this music yeah. that's around us and swamping ourselves in it. How did, yeah. how did you get together with the lads from Northside? How, how did that like start to get together? Well, we lived in pretty much a couple of miles apart at the most. You know, we all lived in the same areas, Moston and Blakely, North Manchester. That's mm. the name of the band, isn't it? Northside. Um, Cliff was the, the bass player. Um, he he came around. So I was living in the flats in Blakely on Skeleton Court. And then Cliff was a, he's a few years, he's about three years, three or four years younger than me. And he was great mates with me, bro, my younger brother. Mm. And then he had a bass. He, I was always into music, you know, I could say, was there but until and he came around anyway one day with his bass mm. and he put his jumper over his head because he was a bit shy and all that and started playing it and he just had this he had shall we take a trip this bass line pretty much done mm. and I heard it and I went that's lethal I'm having that straight away and practically the same day I wrote the words to it mm. and um so when we thought right we well, you know we need to do more of it I really got into it and you know convinced him so we started working you know and then um somebody let let me know that there was a drummer which was Wal, Paul Walsh, mm. who only lived up the road. He was a great drummer. He had his own kit as well, and he had a van, nice. so he was definitely in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then the original guitarist was Uppo, who lived on the Miners Estate with Cliff. I mean, he... he the, the first demo that we actually did is it, before Timmy joined the band. Mm. It was with Uppo on guitar. Well, I mean, we didn't have all the songs. It was like five or six of them. And um, But then it just didn't work out with him. Mm. And so then we got Timmy in, and he was, you know, a great guitarist, and um, made them songs his own. And then was it was it more of a writing. personality thing with him, or like because uh, it's when I just a new don't ba- think he was cut out for it, which is a yeah. shame because he was a nice lad, you know what I mean, and okay. he was a good guitarist, you know. But I don't think he was into that. But just some people are, some people aren't. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so then they they it, it, they formed, and how how long were you just? 
uh, rehearsing and doing doing the odd gig before things started to like pick up for you? Do you think well, it was, a long time? Well, it was about twelve months, I'd say. We was wow. used to practicing. Um, it was like an old school in Miles Platting, which has been flattened. Alden Street Sports Centre, it was called. Okay. And um, we used to rehearse in there, like in, in the classrooms. We did, did have a. It's like you're just rehearsing in, in, in a kid's classroom. Yeah. And all your mates are sat there. There was four of us in the band and about 15 lads around us all drinking two litres and <laughs> having a split, you know, all smoking yeah. waves, just playing there. And then on Sunday, so it was that. It was like you had, you had a crowd anyway, yeah. right from the off. Nice. As in, you got to face them and, you know, it was no time to be shy on the mic and all that because he was in at the deep end straight yeah. away in a way. And then on Sunday mornings, we used to practice in a big hall that was there. He'd have all the kids doing all the, um, you know, throwing the sticks in the air, doing cartwheels. Oh, nice. <laughs> We're knocking LSD out through the PA, you know. So it was, it was just mad, but it was great. I can remember you know I mean? when I moved to Manchester, I can remember hearing of this place called Miles Platten and thinking, that That's, sounds yeah. like a gorgeous place. Uh, and yeah, I, I've been there a few times. I've been to you know uh, Anton's uh, MMTV place there. I've been there a few times. It's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the practice rooms with this. Yeah, up next to Canal in it. Yeah, right? or it used to be. I think it's moved now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I could just think it. Oh, that sounds like an idyllic. It, it's like it, there's a place in Sheffield called Crystal Peaks, and it sounds yeah. like the most amazing place. And it's just it does, not it? It's yeah. just a, you know these people. Yeah, these places are brand. Well, at the time it was it was pretty rough to be honest, but yeah. uh, it's, you know this. The money's got into it now, the area, and mm. like Hancock's now, it's New Islington now, they call it. Don't they? So, <laughs> right, okay. Well, that's what it is, but yeah. we remember it as Hancock's. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, it's nice to see it the way it is. It's great. Mm. Yeah, well, it, yeah. It, 12 months then for the band to, to start, you know, picking up fans and, you know, feel like you're actually progressing as a band. 12 months is quite quick, I suppose. Yeah, well, we, 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 even though we had a laugh about everything, we just had this area, it's about music as well. Yeah. So we did put the you know the time and rehearsed and stuff you know what I mean. And we, so we got a set together quite quickly. It was mm. and um, we played the first gig at the Boardwalk, and then um, we sold it out by word of mouth. Mm. And then um, Wilson came down that night, mm. and he was bang into it straight away. Offered us a deal, and then mm. um, at the same time we'd had a. I suppose a part of it is you know was in the right place at the right time as well, mm. and then. Um, so we had a few majors after us as well, all this time, because we was building it up. We was quite clever about it, really. We knew what we was doing. Yeah. And um, can, you, can, you, was can, you, can you do that these days? Can you do what you did then now? I don't think so, no. I think it's a completely different world, especially, yeah. you know, it's all through the internet and everything. Um, like you say, I don't, where's the A&R men now? Do you even need them? I don't yeah. know. It's just um, everything's done you can, through the internet. Mm. I mean, suppose it's, you can still create a buzz for gigs and stuff, but I just think it's a completely different setup how it to how it yeah. was years ago. So how how did you feel about you know seeing Tony Wilson there? Was that hate, wasn't it? But so, at the same time, it's like you, dead, you should be here. You know what I mean? Why? No, okay, fair <laughs> it's enough. like that's how it was. No, we was yeah. that's how it was. It was like yeah. um, it's hard to explain. It was just the mentality that people had in. The, at that time, you know, it was just how people was. It was just like, I suppose he was cocky in yeah. there, but he just, just how Manchester kids was, I suppose. And I'm sure yeah. it was the same in a lot of, you know, different areas. Well, let, let's hang around Tony for a while. Talk about, tell us a few stories about your um, relationship with Tony Wilson. Um, well, he was always, he didn't, to be honest, he didn't see that much of him, really. Mm. Um, 
you just leave us to it. Not because he didn't care, because he, he, he believed in us, which was great, and he was always dead supportive. And um, it just, it does show, like, you know, how long do you think it's going to take? How's it going? And that, But, like, to give you 100% full control in what you was doing musically, mm. especially, and that meant the world to us. Yeah. You know, you know the score with a major. All right, you might get a few quid at the start, which you have to pay back anyway. Yeah. So what's the point? Plus they pull all the strings, which we didn't want anything to do with. Mm. We want it to be our, ourselves and, and do it our way, pretty much. When they let us do that, did you and have was, did you have meetings with the majors uh, as well before making the final decision on it? Or? As in what? What do you mean? I mean, like you, you like the idea that Tony's uh, Tony Wilson were just going to give you all that creative space. Um, did yeah. you have meetings with other major labels and they said you weren't going to get that creative space? Is that how you've yeah. kind of found out? Well, we've, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the, but we also knew that that's how it works. You know, yeah. it's like, um, yeah, Tony had come down to the practice rooms and, you know, he just sort of like, he doesn't say much. He's, you know, he weighs things up, has a laugh with you and all that, <laughs> but he's, he sees it all. Mm. You know what I mean? He knew what, he, he, he goes off a feeling. I can't explain him. He yeah. was like, a character that uh, he just—he was a wise man. He, mm. he was all there, uh, you know, and he—he he, he knew what he was doing. And what stage were Factory at at that point? Were they were they still emerging, or were they quite established at the time? What what year no, I think was they were that? Still emerging, then, weren't they? Yeah. Until all this Manchester kicked in, I think right. it was still really underground, weren't they? And I, I love the fact they never advertised or anything. Or it was just a super cool label, weren't they? And yeah. it was in our city as well, so we, we was really lucky, suppose, in that way. Probably yeah. the best label in the world, as far as I'm concerned. What What was the day like? Because because you, you mentioned Factory Records before actually signing for them, so you knew you knew how. Well, uh, yeah, we were into like. Joy Division in New York, yeah. weren't we, and all that sort. Of, and we liked the artwork, and like I said, mm. they never advertised, and it was dead cool, you know. And just the way they went about things, the business side. And I, I know they was they lost a lot of money and all the rest of it, but when you at the age we was with the mindset we had and the place we lived and all that, the way Factory was to us was. It was everything, you know. It's just what they stood for and the way they went about it. It's like a punk attitude, wasn't mm. it? And I'm, I'm, I'm into, you know, that was my mindset. Anyway, it still is. Yeah. It's to me, you know, it has to be real. Yeah. And they was real. And what was the actual day like signing with Factory? What was the process that you went through? Was it just a we went to a, a laser quest? <laughs> Did you go on, laser quest in town on <laughs> opposite um, the Ritz? Yeah. It's gone years ago, but yeah. we was in there. And it was us against the bouncers from the Hacienda, <laughs> you know, shooting yeah. each other and all that. <laughs> so it was just a massive party. It was great. Oh, yeah, and, then, and then just signed, signed a piece of paper yeah. at the end and then you're off. Well, no, it, they had like... Um, <laughs> no, it sounds like it was just all absolute madness, which it was, but it was also... Yeah. It, it was also, you know, it, it wasn't daft about it. It was yeah. like, you know, you still signed the, um, the contracts and all that there. It was all... Yeah. So the, ho- much. the holy grail of a record deal then. So it, so it's happening. So so what did that mean to you as a band after signing the record deal? What did, you know, your career as, in, in music, how did it change after signing that piece of paper? Well, it was the beginning, wasn't it? It was like, it was real then. It was, um, how did it change? As in, um, well, we could go and start recording them properly and, buy, yeah. you know, got some equipment. We didn't take much in the way of an advance because we just bought, one, you know, a few grand for equipment for like, yeah you know, amps and guitars and stuff, which was, I think was a wise move on our behalf again. Yeah. Because, like I say, if you get a massive advance, you've got to pay it all back. Yeah. So it's, what's the point? So, um, but yeah, we could start recording then, which we did do with Ian Broder. He, you know, mm. he, we liked him because he worked with the Bunny Men. We liked his attitude. Just, he, he seemed, you know, he was he was a cool fellow again. Um, really mellow, but was proper, um, what do you call it, uh, strict in the studio you know he, yeah. he, we, 
because we was a young band and um, I mean he'd, he'd get us bang on in time and all the rest of you know all the production yeah. side and the things that we were just a live band us you know it's like pretty raw really but he, he gave us a, a clear cut sound you know made us correct as I suppose for, rec- for recording in the studio so a lot more structure around the band started yeah. to happen in and you know you got Ian there just you know supporting you and getting you getting yeah. you getting it, you on well, it, came really. to, yeah mm. it'd come to the gigs and weigh it up and see what it was like and then then we said, right, we'll get Brody in. And we did, um, we done Shall We Take a Trip and Moody Places. We'd done that in London with him. Can't remember what it was called. Um, it's only a couple of days or something. But, mm. And then obviously we got him in for the album then. It, he, he done a, he produced it all, uh, everything we did. We did, went to Rockfield to do the album. He done Take Fat, you know, he done it all. Him mm. and Chenzo, he was in Chenzo Town and mm. Engineer. He was another belting fellow. It was just like-minded people. Yeah. Need, I like to be, I like to collaborate as well. And I like to yeah. be around people who I can get on with. I don't, you know, it's all right having a talent, but if you don't get on with them, yeah, you know, it's just a matter of time before something, you know, it goes wrong in one way or another. Yeah. Okay, I can get that. And you, you mentioned, shall we take a trip there? One, my, uh, just a, an amazing memory from the night is just that tune. And remember it getting banned off the BBC and all that kind of stuff. What, 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 to, what you know, fucking BBC, they're a nightmare, aren't they? I know. Well, it starts with LSD, don't it? They don't like that, do they? It's like, it's pounds, shillings and pence in old school money. We wasn't having it. And uh, we've done that. You just reminded me, we've done that, um, you know, the Brit Awards in 91, mm. Wembley Arena. Well, there's loads of bands on. We was one of the bands. And they said to us, you can't play LSD. You know what I mean? Because they have a minute delay on it, don't they? Yeah. But anyway, we got on there straight away, straight away, Saturday with trip. 15,000 people just rushed to the front, but they cut it out and then they'd gone to pieces and all that, all flapping in the background. We were just laughing, carried on. It's great. So what can you remember from that night at the Brits in 91 then? Who, who, Not much, what, really. What other, who, who else was there? Like, what, what other bands can you remember? Uh, the, I think the Mondays was on, um, mm. James. Yeah. Um, 808 State. Yeah. Uh, there was loads. It was like a, that was like a match yesterday. Manchester, and then the next yeah. night, you had like bands like The Cure who love as well. You had The Cure and The Wedding Present, I think, was on. And you know, it was like more of an indie yeah. gothic kind of night over the two weeks. It was two nights, I think it was, over the weekend. Wembley Arena was lethal. So Manchester, pretty much Manchester on tour down in London, showing them how it's done type thing. <laughs> you said it, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I can yeah. imagine Mondays, your lot, 808 yeah. State. Oh, it was chaos. You, you, you're not fucking about that, are we, your lot? No, no. <laughs> it was a similar thing at Ellen Road. Right. You know, that big one we did there with mm. them. Was, and, uh, but you had the farm, so you had the, the Lars as well. So it was like a Manchester Scouse thing as well. Yeah. But we always got on with them lot. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the big album happened. Um, yeah. uh, and and then talk us through what happened. We toured that. We was touring a lot. We played all yeah. over. We played uh, all over Europe, Roskilde, mm-hmm. festivals, you know, stuff like that. Um, UK tours, top to bottom. And then we went to it. We done that uh, new music seminar in New York. Yeah. With the Mondays again. Adamska, he was on. Um, guy called Gerald Delight. It was like man- from from Manchester with love. It was called. That was great. That was, what a weekend that was. Yeah. And then uh, we done Japan. Played all in Japan. Toured there. That was great as well. Did it you know? did it change you that kind of success? Did it change you or any of the no, lads at the just time? Just enjoyed it even more. Yeah. Didn't you? I don't I don't think it changed us. No, not at all. What a, just what a time to be travelling the world. And, the holy yeah. grail in it for somebody creative like yourself. Of course it is. Yeah. The holy grail just, uh, to be travelling the world and playing these tunes. It's exactly what you just said. It was just going to places like that was just a you know, more of a chance for us to play our music to other yeah. people, you know, so we bring it on, you know what I mean? We loved yeah. it. 
And, yeah. you know, inevitably with bands, things change and the dynamics of a band must have changed for, for it not to yeah. carry on for the rest of your life. Yeah, well, was, we're factory falling as well. And we was only, yeah. like I say, we was only young kids and the manager was the same age as us in school. And then um, yeah. I, I always thought if we'd have just took some time out for maybe six months, you know, just okay. came away from it. But, you know, and then got our heads together, made it, got a plan and then came back. But we never really did, and it just sort of drifted apart. Yeah. You know, we just that's, that's what happened. Like I say, we didn't have anyone to really make sense of the situation for us and with us. So did you have? Did you go back to like, you know, a, a normal day job type thing then, Derm? Or what did you do when when? No, I just changed? drank myself silly for about fifteen <laughs> okay. years. Fair enough. <laughs> and, uh, she was always into music. You know, I yeah. still do the DJing, and yeah. you know, just living the life without making the music. I suppose. Yeah. Which I really, really missed. Yeah, well, I really it, missed it, and I, you know, when there was, there was a few attempts, Luke, there was a few attempts at reforming, weren't there? Yeah, but it was nothing serious. No. It was just, um, I don't know, it was just something to pass the time. That, but, uh, but at the meantime, when I was doing that, I was always still writing words yeah. and having melodies, like you say, and putting mm-hmm. them down in one form or another. So I was always doing that, but I had no outlet. Yeah, you know, not not one that I was happy with the situation where I wanted to be in. It was just didn't seem the right time or the right people around me. And then, um, but I kept, like I say, I kept these ideas and to keep writing. So I've, I've, I've amassed a load of stuff. Yeah. What I've got, that's, I've got versions of in one form or another, which is, that's why I'm doing what I'm going to do now with this solo stuff. Well, it, I mean, look, obviously- it was great to see you, you know, playing 33 Oldham Street the other day and selling it out again. And just, yeah. and I, I saw, I can remember seeing some photos from the gig and just thinking, the crowd are still going mad for these tunes, aren't they? And even yeah, there was young kids as well. Yeah, yeah, young kids. And I was really happy about that. Yeah, yeah. who've like, you know, they must get. Well, we did. Uh, I think what was a big help at the time a few months ago, we did um, one of them listening parties for Tim Burgess, mm. and the response was unbelievable. I, I was like yeah. blown away by it all, and so it made it made me start thinking about you know maybe do something and like. So I think a lot of young youngsters over the years as well. Got, you know, because they hear about Manchester and Factory mm. and all the rest of it, that you know they're picking up on it. Because there seems to be a lot of people tuning in into it. New mm. people, I mean, and I'm all for that. No, it's great. It, it's yeah. it, it, even with like the the Liam Gallagher thing. You know, the, the, all his fans now are, you know, kids just you know, yeah. just yeah. out of school, university, just a brand new generation well, of people that are soaking yeah. up the Mad- Manchester music scene again. Yeah, but it's because he's real as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? People recognise that. They know when you're a fake. They see through yeah. it and they know it's just a scene. Mm-hmm. Or, a sk- you know, it's not... But when you, it's actually what you are and who you are, it, it eventually, you know, you can't take that away from them. That's never going to die. And they don't know. When he goes on that stage and does what he does, mm-hmm. it means it. And people see that and they love yeah. it. It's how, you know, they recognise themselves in some form when they see that. They must do. So you sold out this gig and you've got a tour coming up with, you know, the man, Ian Brown. Ian, what what, what yeah, kind yeah. of relationship have you had with Ian over the years? Well, I've always kept in touch with always, yeah. you know. Um, he's, he's the geezer, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's um, got a lot of respect for Ian. He's, um, he means it, man, mm. for real, you know. And I, I really admire his music and the way he goes about things and just the way he handles himself. And um, like I say, we've always kept in touch with him like, Got similar interest in music and punk and stuff, and um, he just sent me a message out the blue a text saying, um, I want you to support on the tour. Mm. I thought he was joking at first, <laughs> and um, so obviously, when I realized he was, you know, he meant it, yeah. 
that was it then. I mean, we just started rehearsing as well. Me and Steve, the lad who plays guitar with me. Yeah. So it was it was like perfect time. It was like it was meant to be in a way. So so we got these these four dates before the tour. We've done two. We've got another two coming up. One in London on the twenty eighth, and then the Salty Dog in Northwich on the seventeenth of September. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're like I won't. I mean, they are warm ups, but we, we're treating them exactly the same as we would with with Ian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On that same tour, it's not like oh, these are only this. No, we get it hundred percent, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That must be. We'll, we'll put a link to the gigs and everything on uh, the yeah, description yeah, of these nice interviews one. and all that kind of stuff for you and your website yeah. and everything, just so people can just em- embrace the tunes. So, what are the tunes? So, a lot of new tunes, then, I presume. Yeah, from all the writing well, you've been doing. Yeah, well, we've what we have to do because it's only a two piece. We've, we've programmed the backing tracks, you know, the bass and drums. So we've got that's took a lot of time. It's it's not as it's you know it takes up a lot of time because it's it just does because it's yeah. if you want it to be right yeah. spot on. Mm. I mean it's easy to just put something behind it, but I wanted it to be exactly the same note for note pretty much, yeah. which it is. He's done a, you know the lad who worked with Chris, um, he's done the programming for us and he's done a belting job. He's got it bang on. So, would you want a full <clears throat> real? Well, when I say real, I mean like live. Uh, drum experience behind you at some point. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is. Maybe in time, but at the moment, this works. Yeah. And it's, it feels great doing it this way. Mm. So I don't know. You never know, dear, what, yeah. what's going to happen. But as it is now, quite uh, we're really enjoying the way it is. Yeah. So what's the how the sounds? Uh, how has the sound developed? Um, what kind of uh, emotions are are it invoking at the minute compared to like the early days when you were just probably chucking a tune out and then it, they blow up? How how do you feel your songs are standing up to? history well we played as we've been like i say we played a few at the manchester gig mm. people were saying they written genuinely really liked them which I, I had a joke about it said normally when bands play the new stuff everyone goes to the bar don't they yeah for the pint you know what i mean they do that's how it works but um so i had a joke about that but nobody moved everyone seriously yeah. got they was into yeah. it i mean the great songs arrangements um, I'm into arrangements and we've worked on these songs and they're sounding really good, honestly. I've, got, I've done a, um, a song called Vultures a while ago. Mm. It's only yesterday. We've been working on it. Wait till you hear that. It's going to blow your face nice. off. Nice, bet. So and what I'm saying is they're sounding great yeah. and people are really reacting to them. Mm. And that's not me blowing up. That's the truth. No. That's other people's responses, which I'm telling you about. And I, that's great. It's exciting times, mate. I'm proper yeah. looking forward to getting along to one of your gigs as well and just, you know, just ch- checking it yeah. all out live. Yeah, um, is, of course, yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to share with, um, I don't know, some of us older generations, some Northside fans that might be, um, you know, see, seeing you embark on this tour? Is, any, is there a message that you've got for them out there? Just come down. It's not just about nostalgia, yeah. even though, you'll get, you know, you get all, you get all the tunes, mm. but... Like you just said, it's it feels really fresh to me. It's like I woke up again, and mm. this is perfect. I, I feel I really feel happy doing this. I'm looking forward to it. It's not just something just to. It's I'm getting off on it, really getting off on it. And yeah. like I say, and the new songs as well, mixing them all together and getting out there. I'm really ready for it. And how? Um, just one last thing on the tour with Ian Brown coming up again. We'll put links to it all just so people can have a yeah, yeah. Uh, pick out the, the the local venue and just get involved with it. What what's it going to be like getting back on the the big stages again and having people like Ian Brown around you? I, I, that must be that must be mind blowing. Just at this stage of your career, it, just to have this opportunity again. 
yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah, it is my story. <laughs> but like, I just can't wait to do it. To be honest yeah. with you, you know what I mean. Just can't wait. Bring it on. Uh, the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's, it's, to me, it's like a, a, a fresh start in a mad kind of way. Like, yeah. an, um, in a way, I feel like I, I blew it a lot in the past. Where I just went. I know I wasn't in the right. A, long, a lot of stuff's happened. There was a yeah, lot yeah. of um, deaths. A lot of um, stuff that I don't really want to talk about, but sure. like it's like when we first started, my brother and my best mate both killed themselves, right? Just as we'd started, right? So uh, I never really dealt with that. So when we stopped making the music, when the band split up, we were still only kids, and that's when it really hit me. And then ever since, there's been a lot like with Timmy and our North like it's like, not to go on about that too much, but this yeah. it feels like I've actually. Now, now is the time to do it properly. You know what I mean. And this is what we're going to do. And bring, I can't wait. Nice one, mate. Well, Dermo, thanks for joining us for this podcast and catching up. Oh, it's thanks. very much appreciated, mate. There we go, Demo. Really enjoyed that chat. Um, you know, just just history in it. It's just history. And what an experience touring with Ian Brown. Uh, on the description of the podcast, you will see links to Dermo's Go Up and Coming gigs. Uh, and you'll see all the dates that he's got with Ian Brown coming up too. Invest in his new tunes. Check them all out. Yeah, what a show. We are well and truly packed with guests coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I've been recording a lot of interviews recently. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, thank you. Stick around. Stay subscribed, because uh, it's the easiest way of getting each show straight to your device each and every week. We're here for the long run. And I've been championing, championing trying to, um, you know, get the podcast hosts in and around the UK to, to get each other on guests, and I'm going to be be guests on a few other podcasts coming up ladies and gentlemen and we're going to have other people's podcasts on on RGM experience too so that's exciting bit of development you know try and grow it out to new audiences it's all very exciting we do it for the love here at RGM we work hard we play hard we drop bollocks we learn from them we learn from the mistakes we move on and we have a good fucking time doing it so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the RGM Experience podcast for another week. Uh, we're concluding this episode now, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to the podcast sponsor, Scots Menswear, supporting music and you know, the grassroots level. Just noticed that Spots, Scots Menswear are supporting the ladies Hallam, FF, uh, Hallam FC team as well. Great work, guys seen a tweet come out earlier from Sheffield FC, the ladies football team with the Scots sponsor on there that's lovely to see so to keep in touch with us ladies and gentlemen share your music with us it's always nice, love finding new tunes at RGM parties at Twitter, the Twitter handle that's the main place where you'll find all the latest news on the podcast you can watch the video version of the podcast as well with Dermo and all the previous guests on our YouTube channel. We're nearly at a thousand followers on TikTok as well, so I'm, I'm going to do that live thing that I've been banging on about for ages. So let's play. Come and join us every week for a bit of fun and a, la- a bit of laughter. 
Uh, stop watching the news. It's fucking dull and annoying. It's not dull. It's it's too scary out there watching the news. Hope you're all all right. And we'll see you soon for another episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for joining us today. I've been Carl Maloney, the host of this podcast. It's an absolute pleasure every week to spend this bit of time with you as you progress through your lives. Thank you. Speak soon. Toodaloo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.